0: Hello and welcome to Al Pellets Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Al Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapter. Here you will find practical tips for your agricultural classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from Oklahoma State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and visit our webpage at owlpelletsforag.wordpress.com. That's owlpelletsforag, all one word, .wordpress.com. This week, the Al Pellets Crew talks with Dr. Amber Rice from the University of Arizona. Amber talks with us about the types of knowledge ag teachers need, how to get that knowledge, and how the types of knowledge change and grow throughout a teacher's career. Amber gives us some practical tips for all of us on how we can continue to grow as teachers and stay excited and engaged with our work. All right, Al Pellets, welcome back. We are happy to have with us today Dr. Amber Rice from the University of Arizona. Amber, hello. Hello. It is great to have you here with today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today.
1: Sure. Uh, so I am currently an assistant professor at the University of Arizona. This is my second year here and my third year as a faculty member in ag education. I am a teacher educator, so I prepare future ag teachers. So I'm happy to be doing this podcast and getting talking to current ag teachers across the nation.
0: Fantastic. And so we're going to be here talking about a study that that you did with uh, Tracy Kitchell. It's talking about um, pedagogical content knowledge. That should be like 7,000 points in Scrabble. What the heck does that mean?
1: Sure, sure. So pedagogical content knowledge is what makes a teacher not just an expert in content but able to take that content knowledge that they have and transfer that to students so that they can learn. So essentially think of it as the intersection between content and pedagogy. So teachers have their pedagogical knowledge of teaching and learning, their knowledge of their content area, so for our teachers the different agricultural subjects that we teach, and you put those two together and you have what makes a teacher able to create learning within their students.
2: So Amber, I have a question for you. I might be the only person that feels this way, but because um, the other two, I don't know, they they're smarter than I am. So when look at that both, nod yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was teaching, I don't think I heard the word pedagogy or pedagogical like through my entire undergraduate career, or then when I was teaching. So. Um, can you, for those that are like me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself out there as like maybe could we talk a little bit to teachers about what pedagogy is and what is included in that? So when I'm thinking about pedagogical content knowledge, what is that side of it? I get content knowledge, but what's that side?
1: Sure, sure. And, and to be honest with you, I never heard this term until after I went back and entered grad school. It's something that all of our teachers have, but we don't talk about it. And that's part of the issue. How do you develop something that we know is really important for our teaching careers without knowing a little bit of background? So to kind of answer your question, you know, I can break it down into some components, right? So things that might be indicative of uh, pedagogical content knowledge is your knowledge of teaching strategies for particular content areas, your knowledge of students, where are they at developmentally, Uh, what are some misconceptions or preconceptions that they could have with particular content areas, Um, your knowledge of curriculum in your content, how do your units fit together, why do we teach certain units first? And then your knowledge of assessments with your content. So how do we assess certain subjects and why do we assess those in certain ways? So really all the different main areas of teaching are all happening within a content context, and that makes up our PCK. Got it.
3: Well, and it's interesting because um, I was in a junior high for a while, and I would see the math class, as the principal, I would see the math class teaching and sometimes the math class seems so different than the um, the TSA or the, the technology classes, and th- those would be incredibly different than the band classes. And so often I have thought, it's almost like you need teaching methods specific for each domain, and it seems to be, that's what this is talking about, right, is not looking at those two things separately, but looking at your content knowledge and your teaching science together as one. And, you know, talk to us about that. Help me understand, in in ag, we definitely do things differently. We all know we're a little uh, different.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, for most of us, you know, that were high school ag teachers, we think back on our preparation experiences in our content classes and our pedagogy classes were often siloed, right? We learned and we took an animal science class with other animal science majors, a plant science class with plant science majors. And then we took a class on methods and maybe had some micro teachings and some lesson plan development, but there's not a lot of purposeful integration of the two and Getting that at that college level is really important to kind of set the stage for that knowledge development. In other disciplines, you know, you mentioned mathematics, they do that. They have content focused methods courses at the preparation level where they learn not only here's how you do a fraction but here are common mistakes that students make when they're teaching fractions. Here's how you intercept and you know, redirect that learning when that mistake is made. And they really get into those nuances in what makes us good instructors of content. So I know I have
2: heard of at least one other university that does that in ag, um, but then along with that is the debate, shouldn't you know more than your students? So if, I'm, if I only have 120 credit hours, and I'm trying to learn both, is it? what do you think? Is it more valuable to have a greater depth of knowledge in that area, or is it better to know how to teach what your students should know really, really well, but then not have time to learn kind of the rest of the technical content? What do you think?
1: Absolutely. And that's a great question that, you know, you look at the research and there's a lot of debate in this. What is more important? And really, for me, it's the integration of the two. And hopefully through that student teaching experience, that's when we really get that first stab as new teachers of being able to to integrate those two areas. Um, There are some universities um, in agriculture education across the nation that are having courses that are titled animal science for teachers, agri-science for teachers, and they're trying to teach them that content while teaching them methods of teaching that content. Um, For practicing teachers, because I know that's who, you know, hopefully is listening to this podcast, I think uh, one of the really unique ways within professional development that you could get that um, currently while you're in the field is to attend a CASE Institute. Because really, CASE is kind of designed to teach you both content And pedagogy together, and ideally would develop that pedagogical content knowledge.
0: And that was going to be my question. What are some other ways, if I'm a teacher in a classroom, that I can go about in developing this kind of knowledge that you say that I need throughout throughout my career? Maybe I'm a first year teacher. Maybe I'm a 20 year teacher.
1: Absolutely, and I think it really does depend on where you're at in your career, right? We have different needs as beginning teachers than we do as mid career or late career teachers. Um, You know, I mentioned case. I think purposeful professional development. Um, Not all professional development is created equal. Uh, I would say, and a lot of times, I think we assume that we should know content, so we don't do professional development that's very heavily content-based. It's more, what are the newest education fads, right, that we want to learn more about, or maybe that's what, um, you know, is, is out there and promoted. So, I think looking for ways to develop the content skills within a teaching context it is one of the things we need to do. Um, within science education, specifically, they have something called a core rubric, that um, walks you through how to think about each of your lessons and some of the key points to to attend to. And, you know, Kate had brought up earlier, you know, there might even be some things that I know that maybe I'm. it's not important for my students to know. That's something that we think about when we're planning, right, is, well, maybe this is too advanced for a freshman ag class. Maybe I'm going to save that for a senior advanced animal science class. And a lot of, um, I think, this development is really purposeful reflection, purposeful thinking through why we're teaching what we're teaching and in what ways and what strategies and examples and representations are the best way to portray that content. So just, I think that increased reflection, increased planning and purposeful planning is important.
3: And so in your research, Amber, I'm curious, you know, so often it sounds like to me teacher education, like we can definitely do better. Yes, but as I think about pre or I think about in-service teachers that are in the field, I wonder what's out there about. If if I heard this podcast, I would be thinking, I want to go find the people that do the best in greenhouse management and teaching, and I'd want to go watch them. That's where I learned most is when I saw a teacher, um, for example, in New Mexico, the ag teachers in Artesia did a phenomenal job with forestry. Mm-hmm. I learned so much by. Being taught by them the concepts of forestry, but also seeing how they delivered it. So, what are some suggestions um, if I'm in if I'm in service, you know, and 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 how I do that?
1: Absolutely, and I think part of it, and you know, this is a little bit easier for our mid or late career teachers, but making the time to do those types of things. So, going out and observing. You know, we all know in each of our states there are some stellar teachers and, you know, state staff or our university uh, professors might be able to recommend some teachers that we could go out and observe and gain some skills from. And the ag teacher community is such a supportive one in general. I'm sure that most teachers would be very willing to have, especially our newer novice teachers, come in and and learn from us and, and kind of steal some of those ideas and, and strategies and ways that we can portray that content for student learning. So I think observations is an awesome way to start to develop that knowledge. So,
0: so some of our folks listening may be, you know, officers or leaders in a state ag teachers association or state staff or whoever else who helps plan professional development. Yes. So those of us that do that, what are some, some things that the professional development planners should be thinking about if we're trying to develop this kind of stuff in the folks we serve?
1: need to look at some interdisciplinary approaches bringing in people who are content experts and bringing in people who are pedagogy experts together to run joint workshops. I know for instance here we're doing an integrated case class through the University of Arizona and we are looking at one of our faculty members has a science background in evolutionary biology. We're looking at getting her case certified to pair up with one of our pedagogy experts so that we have both of those present in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I want to say one of my most meaningful experiences is when I had somebody who knew floral design and did floral design, who also ran a workshop with somebody who was a high school ag teacher. And in conjunction, they were able to hit all those points to help develop that knowledge. So we've got a, it's a team effort, really.
0: Well, that's great. So we do something here in Florida. Sounds like we may be accidentally on top of this as we, we work, um, we did animal science one year and greenhouses the next where we have a faculty member in those areas present content while one of the ag ed folks work with the teachers. Okay. How how do I use this in my own school? I may not have this facility. How do we teach this as well as um, learning the newest, greatest, greatest thing that's going on there. So really building those partnerships is really important. And so what I'm hearing is if I'm a state leader, I've got to be able to try to find somebody and see if I can bring this team together to lead this workshop rather than, just send people off to go do this one thing for this one person and then go somewhere else on their own to do something different, actually being intentional and you use that word purposeful several mm-hmm. times. And so looking at the planners, we need to be purposeful in the planning as well.
1: Absolutely. Because each state and even individual communities is going to have different needs. So what's important for one state may not be as important for another. And we have to look at who are our experts in our own areas that can kind of contribute to this knowledge development.
3: Amber, so, okay. I'm an act teacher. I'm either on board or I'm not. How do my beliefs, so talk to me about like what I believe to be true or not true. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm buying this hook, line and sinker, if I'm, <laughs> what do my beliefs have to do with it? Um,
1: sure. So beliefs have a huge impact on our knowledge development and it's something that we all have that maybe we don't always consider. So uh, part of my research was to look at what are teachers' beliefs regarding the purpose of ag education as a whole. Hmm. And that's something that, you know, we, we talk about it some within the research, but we don't necessarily always have those meaningful conversations with each other. And what I found was there are five kind of primary belief systems that teachers have, and they can hold more than one. And those are career preparation. I'm preparing students to, um, my context was plant science, so to be a greenhouse operator, hmm. uh, work at a golf course, whatever that may be. Uh, the next one was college preparation. I want them to go get a degree in horticulture, in botany, to work um, towards a bachelor's or master's in that area. That I want them to be ag literate. So I heard a lot of voters, consumers, uh, you know, just knowledgeable about the ag industry. I want them to have practical life skills. So be able to go out into their yard, use a chainsaw and chop down that extra tree branch. Uh, something that anybody could use in their lives, but may not be connected to a career college. And then finally, um, I had one participant that really uh, wanted to drive home that he feels like he does all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then it depends on his student and it depends on his classes, but depending on that audience, he wants to hit all four of those other primary purposes. And depending on what purpose or multiple purposes we hold changes the type of information that we seek out and how we portray that information in our classroom which changes the outcome for students so
0: how do we tell that how do i mean how does is there a way a teacher can kind of identify more explicitly what they're thinking and how that influences what they teach and how they teach it
1: It's interesting that you say that because, you know, it's one of the questions I ask in a lot of different interviews with ag teachers um, in various research studies that I do. And what I find is that's something that's really easy for them to articulate, actually. Mm -hmm. They know what they believe. If they believe it's an ag literacy focus, they are sure, yes, I know, it's my job. I am called here to make these students ag literate. I really feel like I'm preparing them for careers. There are these certain jobs in my community, and I am feeding those students into those particular career paths. They know it. I think what we um, don't always do is consider how that affects our teaching. And, you know, if, if we have these specific outcomes for our students, we really need to think about what those are and how do I get from point A to point B. If I want them to be ag literate, maybe I change my strategies or my depth of knowledge that I present to my students. Um, For example, I had one uh, participant who was very career preparation minded. That was her goal. And so she ran her greenhouse as very much a production facility. And anything that somebody would use if they were running a greenhouse out in, you know, just the real world, those were the things she taught. And if it didn't fit that. She didn't think it was important to teach, mm-hmm. whereas I had another teacher who was very much um, interested in promoting ag literacy, and so he did a lot of science experiments within his greenhouse, so he didn't care so much about producing uh, for a plant cell. It was more about how can we learn about how fertilizers affect you know, the different uh, soils and different plants, and he you know had a completely different take on that. And depending on what your purpose is, you're going to do professional development to develop that particular knowledge.
2: So have you found, is there like any particular um, avenue for pedagogical content knowledge related to each of those? So like if I'm a more career prep oriented teacher, like is CASE more or less helpful for me, or are there other professional development opportunities or other methods of teaching that I might be more drawn
1: to? I found that teachers that are more interested in the skill development tended to go to workshops that really uh, showcase skills, whereas teachers who are interested more in literacy or practical life or even that science integration tended to gravitate more towards things like CASE or Dupont has a really nice uh, national professional development program. And that really led to that inquiry and that uh, at that science-based learning that, that the teachers wanted to promote. Um, it seemed like the ones who were focused on skills did more local professional development, but that's not always the case. Again, this was just one study and one sample of teachers from a particular state.
2: And one would hope you're certainly working with um, and meeting the needs of your administrators.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're, it, it depended on where they were located. Some of the teachers in my study were in uh, career area career centers. And so that's a completely different mentality, you know, from the administration and the school as a whole on what the outcomes needed to be versus somebody who is just, you know, in, in your traditional kind of public school system. Um I'm sure that alternatively certified teachers might have different beliefs considering that they came from industry and have that type of background on what they're wanting their students to get out of their program. But part of it, because these beliefs are so ingrained, it's a lot of it's just being aware of what we believe and considering how that's coming across within our classrooms.
0: So if I'm a teacher and I kind of know what my belief is of those, of those five, should I? You me you told me to be purposeful in my professional development. Sure. So should I drive all of my professional development based on that purpose that you're kind of talking about there? Or is there any value that if I am a I am a career vocational going to teach these job skills kind of a belief system? Is there value in me taking some of this stuff that may be more college prep or more ag literacy kind of stuff to? make sure I'm hitting more buttons or do I just, I need to know who I am and kind of develop my strengths
1: you need to know who you are and your strengths, but I also think you need to consider your audience. And so it really also depends on on what your students need. Uh, one of the, the beautiful things about ag education is we really care about that that local level. You know, teachers have a lot of autonomy and we really speak to our students' interests and needs and, and future goals. So really knowing that audience, I think is just as important as your own personal beliefs. Um, within the community, using your advisory councils to see what direction they feel like um, needs to be gone within that particular community and that particular program. And not be afraid to change. I mean, programs evolve all the time within individual communities, you know, with different teachers or just over time, um, different, you know, industries can come into a community and that can change the shape.
0: But I'm being purposeful in my professional development, are there any hints that you give me that I try to find things to kind of match up with what I'm looking for? I mean, if I'm I've decided I have this kind of belief. I want to build this kind of area. How do I pick that? Because I know other studies have shown that, you know, as teachers, we just kind of show up whatever's being offered at the state conference that week or that month or whatever else. How do I, how do I pick? If I got this, we're getting ready to go to the NAAE here soon. We're going to have a big, long list of professional development. I can't go to all of them. How do I find the right ones for me?
1: Well, I know one trap that, that I kind of ran into, especially in my last year of teaching was, oh, I should already know that. I can't go to that PD because then they're <laughs> going to realize that I, I don't feel comfortable enough in, in basic animal science, let's say. And I think we have to get past that feeling like we should already know everything early on in our careers. Ag Ed is so expansive. There are so many different courses that you could be expected to teach, and that can change over the course of your careers. So I think we have to be open to starting at maybe some introductory levels and not be afraid to ask our administrators for time to attend this. Uh, I know some of the teachers in my study said that sometimes they got pushback on wanting to do more content-based PD, Mm. but I think that's really important because the content evolves. If we're still teaching the stuff that our high school ag teachers taught us, we're missing the boat. I mean, ag has changed drastically, even in just the so many years that I've been in, in, in education. So I think not being afraid to do things with a content slant, because really that content knowledge is our foundation of, of, of pck and that knowledge is what we want to be able to transfer to our students so that learning occurs
0: all right dr amber rice from the university, the university of arizona, arizona has taught us some new big words <laughs> uh, pedagogical content knowledge i'll be sure to in, 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 use that in conversation throughout the day amber thank you so much for being with us here on our pellets
2: you're very welcome. Thrilled to be here. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Arkansas's online master's program in agricultural and extension education. I know when I was trying to find a master's program, convenience and quality were top on my priority list. And the agricultural and extension education master's degree at the University of Arkansas provides both. 100% online classes allow you to learn at your own pace when it's convenient for you. Pair that with the opportunity to take classes taught by award-winning faculty at numerous partnering institutions across the nation, and you've got yourself a master's degree that doesn't just get you the pay raise. It will raise your skills in teaching, raise your knowledge of agriculture, and raise your standards for what a quality master's program should be. For more information on becoming an online Razorback through the University of Arkansas's Master's Degree in Agricultural and Extension Education, contact me, Kate Shoulders, at 479 575 3799 or check us out at aect.uark.edu. That's aect.uark.edu.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellet's Tips for Teachers.